And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. This is the Civilized Barking Podcast with Zach Jackson. Hey everybody, it's Civilized Barking. It's about one hour after... Well, first of all, I got to catch myself. Anytime it's a strange day in First Energy Stadium, <laughs> given the Browns' standards, it's strange, but it was. Um, the Browns won. It went from really dull to really bad to really wild finish. They hang, hang on. They beat the Texans 10-7. They're 6-3. and three. And Jason, um, you know, what it comes down to is you got to win, right? The evaluation, the autopsy, um, what you know, the real analysis comes in the days that follow. You got to win, but you like to exclamation point it. So, what I saw today was a game that was obviously affected by the weather. It was obviously not real pleasing to the eyes, but Romeo Cornell left the door open for the Browns and they did exclamation point it with both Kareem Hunt and both Nick Chubb. They both go over 100 yards. There's a play at the end that I know you're writing about that I'm sure we'll talk about, but it just feels like the Browns. We're always going to win, except for maybe four minutes and maybe not even that much. But then it feels like the way it ended, they took a lot of good vibes. And, hey, there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Romeo Cornell repaid the Browns. I, I didn't understand some of the things down the stretch, and I guess we can get into that later. I didn't understand their timeout usage. I didn't understand their punting strategy. There was a lot of things that were fairly confusing from that aspect. But until the final play of the game, I was going to write why the Browns need a dome stadium, my column, because there was <laughs> nothing else to write about. That game was painful to watch. I'm sorry that you were there. I stayed home in my nice comfy couch under a blanket and, and watched it. And aside from the trampoline blowing two houses down, I was actually, that was the most exciting part of my day was having to drag the trampoline back into our yard. Uh, just a, a, a brutal game all the way around. But uh, you won, so you take it and you move on. And and this this team has had so many bad losses and so many miserable seasons. You're not going to complain about any, any sort of win. I did find it interesting that Stef- Kevin Stefanski said like that was the worst conditions he's ever seen. And this is a guy who spent his entire career in Minnesota. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, yes, they're in a dome there, but uh, it it was legit. Zach, you could speak to it. You were there, but he said he almost lost a play call sheet a couple times. It almost blew out of his hands. Yeah, uh, really, really, really difficult conditions to play in, which makes if you're a Browns fan, which makes you pleased to have the best running game in the NFL. No, and no doubt. And that's what it comes to, Jason, is the Browns always had the advantage today with with Kevin Stefanski against Romeo Cornell. And when's you know, the last time you said that about the Browns? Right. And we <laughs> had the advantage of head coach. We could debate, you know, what they took from the last game when they just laid an egg in, in bad conditions. Um but, you know, they certainly were more prepared for it today. I asked Kevin after the game. He said going back to Thursday night, they started to say, hey, this forecast isn't just eh, it's pretty bad. Right. And so we know who and what they are. Right. And with Nick Chubb and with Wyatt Teller, 
And, and, and frankly, the defense, which still stinks, but has a couple really good players, made some timely plays today. And the Texans only got nine possessions, right? And so that's what it's that's what it takes. And so for overall progress, take out the six and three, take out the, the few plays today that either make you scratch your head or ultimately ended up in the aforementioned exclamation point. The Browns have a blueprint, right? And it's not just the blueprint because with that O-line and with those backs, it's pretty damn good, and it gives you a chance to keep winning those games. How much – and I think one of the biggest cliches in the NFL I've, I've learned in my brief time now is the buy came at a good time or the buy is coming at a good time. But with this team particularly, I, I think we've seen how how timely was, was the bye week and the off week. We didn't hear anything about Baker's ribs, Wyatt Teller's back. Uh, Kareem Hunt looked like a different player. He looked like he had a, a different gear today than he's had the last couple of weeks, obviously getting Nick Chubb back. How much do you think just the week off helped this run game get back to not only, I mean, the week off and getting Wyatt Teller and, and, and Nick Chubb back, obviously, but even Chubb looked like he started a little slowly. He just didn't look like, I don't know if it was the timing, if it was the rhythm, if it was taking hits again. By, by the second half, he seemed to be moving a little bit better. But it just seemed like that that week off really did this team a, a lot of favors. Yeah, I'm clearly no doctor, and I'm more clearly no athlete. But you've <laughs> got to think, even a superhuman guy like Nick Chubb, you don't take six weeks off. You don't have a traumatic situation with your knee when you're a running back and you're 230 pounds, right, and just come back. You come back, you played. Of course, the doctor said he could go, but you're not going to be at that full speed. You're going to need to get hit on it. You're going to need to plant and go, right? And I mean, when he's, he made that little hesitation and then the burst on the last run, yep. I thought really that's the first time we saw that all day, you know? So I don't know how sore he'll be in the morning. Even if he was asked that after the game, he's a man of three or four words and that's it. But, you know, look, we're going to monitor how teams defend the Browns and we're going to monitor. Eventually they're going to play in throwable weather and they're going to need to. Right. Um, they, they, they just found a way. And like I said, what's most encouraging is you felt like, despite the penalties, and Jarvis's is inexcusable, Jedrick Wills jumping off sides there is inexcusable. You just felt like, hey, you know, this is exactly how they have to win it. And they did. And at the bye, as you mentioned, you get right. You, you race that game by taking some time off. You have the wild week with the COVID scares and the weather and an actual weather delay, right? In an NFL game, not, not a preseason game in Tampa either. You come out and win. And now you play the Eagles at home and you play Jacksonville and you have a chance to really get on a roll. So while these mandatory improvements are being made, while this natural organic growth, and maybe we're seeing that from the defense. I don't know. I still don't think man for man, they're good enough, but all of a sudden you see it really setting up and like, Hey, they had to win today or it all went to shit, right? The vibe would be yeah. totally different. And they yep. did. They won. And that's credit to them. So what happened to the National Anthem? Take us through. For, for I, I wasn't there. A lot of people obviously were not there. What happened with the weather? Yeah, so it, probably 12-15, it was sunny. Now, it, it was crazy, crazy windy. And I'll start by saying this. There, it's called the Phil Dawson flag because Phil. it was put up by Phil. And it's, it sits down in the southwest corner. And it's a way that he's felt like he could always tell the wind because it sits up high enough to where it's kind of at the little bit opening of the stadium, but it doesn't yep. sit up too high where of course it's always going to be windy. Right. And it doesn't really react to the field. 
Anyway, when I came in, Jason, at 1030 this morning, the big American flag that sits above the Phil Dawson flag was going one way and the Phil Dawson flag was going the other. And they're about 30 wow. yards apart from, from what wow. so it got sunny. It, it rained a little bit on and off in the morning. It actually got sunny. And then you could see from the West, it just progressively getting darker and darker and darker. And so the teams took the field at 1253 to 1255 as they normally do. And as they lined up for the anthem, this sheet of rain, I don't know what else came with it because we're totally inside in the press box. Thank God I'm so soft, but you could see it. And then as you watched it in the lights above on the uh, North side of the stadium, you could see it swirling. So a big, the first big sheet would come in over the West side and get to the 40 and be pushed back the other way. The next sheet would go all the way down to like the 20 yard line and then be pushed back the other way. And it's just, crazy timing and nasty. And I'm guessing they saw some lightning. I didn't, I heard a couple of people in the press box say it, but I mean, it went from completely dry for almost all of warmups and sunny when warmups formally started, you know, 40 minutes or so before the game to this, we can't play football. So that's the decision they made. So they kept them inside for about 25 minutes. They came back out and, you know, the wind, it was supposed to gust up to 50 it, it stayed steady at 30. And I can just tell you from this morning, and I, and I was fascinated to see it because I've been following the weather since since Thursday night, uh, how much it affected the game. And it's just when you know you can't throw or you know you have to pick your throws, well, that that does change everything. And Romeo to be down 10 nothing with 12 minutes left and to punt, what a gift. Because you're you're already down two scores, right? So he does that. The Browns chew up some time. You knew the Texans were going to score once they did, but they used the timeout in the process to fancy flat out fooled them with about 750 to go by keeping the offense on the field for a fourth down, baited them into another timeout. And like I said, it wasn't just the Texans gross mismanagement. It was the Browns eventually saying in order for you guys to have any chance to win this game, you have to tackle us and they couldn't tackle them. Yeah, I'm totally fine with another team's gross mismanagement because how many years have we spent talking oh. about the Browns' gross mismanagement of timeouts and game situations and everything else? And, and it's about time that it happened with, with somebody else. Uh, but the the I want to talk about the last play, the Nick Chubb play. It, it I was totally blew my mind when he ran out of bounds, and I have a man crush on Nick Chubb to begin with. And I say every week, there's no such thing as too much Chubb, and he proved it again today, but to step out of bounds. And I was actually texting with uh, Chris Brow, one of our editors who just joined us at the athletic recently uh, from ESPN. He worked on the NFL desk at ESPN. And we were talking about, I didn't even realize the line was three and a half. So the amount of money that Nick Chubb won and cost people by stepping out of bounds at the end of the game, the fantasy implications of, of, of that and even if, I mean, if someone brought this up to me on Twitter, even if you get down to it, I think it, what was it, the sixth tiebreaker is total points scored. So I guess <laughs> there could be some real life ramifications for playoff contention. But just, it, it's so rare. I, I think LaDainian Tomlinson did it once, I believe. And and Chris actually sent me a, a text of, of uh, Brian Westbrook doing it in Philly. And obviously Todd Gurley a couple of years ago, I remembered that one when he mentioned it. But it's so rare to see these guys not take the touchdown when it's there. I, I think it's a credit to him. You know, Kevin said the, the play is called Nomas and, and, and Chubb followed it. Nick followed it. And I said, would you, was it tempting not to score? 
And he said, yeah, if he didn't score earlier in the game, he probably would have just taken it. And Kevin said, I wouldn't have been upset if he did score. But he was following orders. The order was get the first down and don't score. And 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 <laughs> when when you're starting from where were they like the thirty? You think that don't score is not really part of the part of the equation there, right? But it turned out to be. It's I'm fascinated by things like that. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with twenty four seven U S based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. So the, the point of reference here is the 2009 game in Kansas City where Jerome Harrison broke the franchise record. Mm-hmm. Um, on the He had a similar one to that. The Browns were up. I don't know how many they were up, but he went ahead and scored and Eric Mangini was livid to the point that even post game, this is because Mangini was such a robot that he could not hide his disdain with the fact that Harrison didn't just fall down at the two yard. Wow. And wow. Um, so we have always kind of talked about that as when you see it, because shoot, we had a weekend a few weekends ago where Penn state and the Atlanta Falcons lost games because their running back scored. Right. Yep. And in this, this, this situation is coming back to me a little bit now was like Harrison in that it puts you up two scores. So for all intents and purposes, it's over, but it at least leaves the door open. Right. And it exposes your guys to injury and all sorts of madness, wild, wild things that can go on. So he, he, well, he doesn't fall down. He steps out of bounds. The Browns take two knees and it's over. They run for 148 yards in the fourth quarter, Jason. So again, to me, that that's, what's most encouraging. What's most encouraging tellers back. Chubb's back. Kareem did look like a different guy, a fresher guy. But in the fourth quarter, even though they had a 10-0 lead, they needed to make winning plays. They did. And they've kind of said to everyone, here they are. So what lingers out there is that obviously they've either been really good or really bad. We, we know what two of the losses have been, right? We know that they've proven with this bully ball that they can bully bad teams. And the Texans are a bad team. They've won two games, both against the Jaguars. However, it was must win. It was stressful, extraordinary circumstances because we're not just talking about bad weather. We're talking about significant win here. And when Watson takes him right down the field there, 
the game is on the line. The, the game was not was not settled. So um, impressive. And all you can do is go back and, and try to build upon it. And you got another one you can win next week. And another one you can win the week after that. Eight and three? It's in play. Yeah. yeah. I, I know he's not our, our focus or concern with this podcast, but how impressed were you with Deshaun Watson? Some of the throws that he made. Harrison was on his back, had him almost to the ground, and he completes the pass. I don't know what route tree the Texans are running that they have two receivers standing right next to each other, but Watson's throw was so good, and either one of them could have caught the touchdown. Just, just I, I love watching him play. Uh, I, they, they were my pick a couple of years ago to go to the Super Bowl, and obviously the whole franchise has unraveled uh, since then. But just a joy to watch him play quarterback. Yeah, I would just say that I've covered the Browns for 21 years and I've seen levels of idiocy and incompetence, which, well, you saw the results, right? It all came out in a four and 44 stretch that included 0 and 16. But for the Texans to have this guy who by all accounts is every bit the person that he is, the player, and to be rolling out Romeo Cornell as their coach, have two wins in mid-November, both over the Jaguars and not have a GM, not have a head coach, have this total shit show with J.J. Watt on the decline of his career and losing games this way and I mean, it's just, it's, it's gross mismanagement. It really is because he is an incredible, incredible talent. And he kept them in the game today. Um, you, you named a couple of specific plays, but just in general, the way he challenges you, I mean, he found a way through the wind, right? He started off on the sprint and he was almost throwing like downward passes at guys for eight yards. And like, you know, he played at Clemson. They play indoors in Houston. Right. Like he doesn't deal with it. He he just found a way. So he is one of the great ones. And, you know, maybe we'll get robbed of prime years of him because of the organization around him. But the Browns wish they had him. Of course, they they traded the chance to get him away. But look, the Browns are six and three. By all accounts here, they got out healthy. Uh, Miles again. Right. Just awesome. Denzel Ward again. Really good. Um. You know, I I can nitpick the penalties and I can probably ask why they didn't run it more, why they insisted on getting cute early, knowing about the circumstances, but they finished it late. They flexed a little muscle in doing it and they've given themselves, like I said, I guess what I'm trying to get at is we could and we will get to the ceiling of this team. And I don't think it's very high, but we've seen their path to maximizing whatever it is. And that's really important. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire. By famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady. Live only on Netflix. They're winning the games they should win. And they're losing the games that they probably should lose. You know, the Raiders, I think, would be a coin flip. Uh, But, you know, obviously we know how the Steelers and Ravens went. They're they're not ready to compete on that level. and, And that's okay. It's a natural progression. I've said that before. I know we've talked about that before and written it before from where they were when you mentioned four and 44, whatever the God awful Mark was. And, and it's, it's incremental progress. And last year, I think we all thought it was going to come a lot faster than what it did. And and we know how that went, but last year for as disastrous as it was, it's, it's incremental progress. It's incremental steps. And, and this obviously is another big step over last year and next year, I would expect to be an even bigger step over this year. 
But w- one thing, I, 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 I'm turning this into a Texans podcast, and I don't mean to, but I don't pay a much, much attention to Twitter during the game, but I did see one tweet of yours, and it, it kind of struck me. The Texans, why would they choose to go into the horrific end in the fourth quarter? It's almost like Romeo's never been here. Right? Like, of all the coaches, he should be the one to say, you want nothing to do with the dog pound end in the fourth quarter. And yet that's the end. They chose to go that way. It's it's really small. We don't have to spend a ton of time on it. Right. But you tweeted that. And I was like, oh, my God, seriously? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, look, I, I am generally on the side of an NFL, in an NFL game. It doesn't matter if you receive, if you defer, if you go this way. Right. But like this was a significant weather event and it was clear for somewhere between 24 and 72 hours that it was going to be this, right. It wasn't going to be Baker and Deshaun just letting it fly. Cause that's how the Texans had won their games. Right. And that's how they've almost won some other games because they're never out of it because he's that good. And their bread and butter is Will Fuller down the middle of the field to open up everything else. They have the, one of the worst running games in the league to match the worst run defense in the league. Right. So everything you had to do, was focused around that. It was the Browns bread and butter because of who was coming back because of who they are. Right. So again, um, you know, we'll see the, I obviously don't see, didn't see the Eagles. I don't see the Eagles all the time. They lost to the giants today. Carson Wentz has had his struggles. I've read on that. I've watched him a little bit, a couple of Sunday nights ago. He did not look good. Um, this Browns defense needs to get better. It needs to get some confidence. They finally rotated Sandejo out a little bit today. Um, huge sequence in the game. Sandejo grabs Brandon Cooks at the goal line as the Texans go for a first down kill shot. It's not called. Three plays later, the Texans botch a timeout, botch a field goal. The Browns go score 10-0. Felt like 100 to nothing, right? Yep. Um, two quick notes as we get out of here. Finally, it's over. Baker Mayfield has passed Ben Roethlisberger as the winningest starting quarterback in First Energy Stadium. So finally they can bury that shit. And that's important for this year, bury a lot of this stuff. And the last time they were six and three was 2014. They won on a Thursday night in Cincinnati with a run first game plan. Um, they went on to lose the last five that year and finished seven and nine. And that led to four and 44 and the worst stretch in history. But this team can be different. I wrote two days before the season that these Browns reminded me of the 2014 Browns and that they were going to run the ball. They were not ready to play early in the year. They're going to get better. So here's their chance to prove they can be better, to prove there are improvements. Ultimately, it's big picture, guys, because they're not winning anything this year. Ultimately, it's getting the guys to stay, letting them evaluate themselves, knowing who you want in that locker room. And I think what today proved, sign Nick Chubb the hour that you can sign him. Yeah, I'm I'm curious to see how that's going to go. Uh, I'm with you. Lock him up. Give him whatever he wants. He's worth it. Um, you know, we've talked about it before. The the deal that they got with Kareem signing him created leverage, if you want to call it that, against the against uh, any Chubb negotiations. But just what he brings to this team, even aside from the last run, even before that, just just a big boy plays, big boy runs. When you, he's the one. I know Kareem has become sort of the fourth quarter player, the fourth quarter back, but. Boy, if, if the game's on the line, I want the ball in Nick, Chubb, Nick Chubb's hands every time. No, no doubt. No doubt. All right, guys, thanks for listening. Um, we'll be covering the Browns all week on the website. We'll have another episode of Civilized Barking. It's exciting times. If you've stuck through it, you've earned this. Enjoy it. 
Um, we'll see how it goes. But uh, again, today, I only for a few minutes, Jason, did I get that vibe of this is not going to go well because I knew what it would meant if or knew what it would mean if they didn't win today. But they did it. And if Chubb's going to be healthy and if Kareem is going to be in that perfect role as, as the, the supercharged up number two, that could also be your number one, but can also sit in the bullpen and wait on his turn, then you're going to have a chance. So eventually you're going to have to throw it over somebody's head and we'll see. And they got to find a kick returner because I wrote it this week and I tweeted it again this morning. Donovan Peoples-Jones has no business being out there and he's going to cost you a game by doing he it. He almost did so today. Being yeah, in a field find somebody that can field a kick return. He's not ready to do it. Please, please, please. But anyway, the Browns are six and three and everything is great. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you soon.